Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and live in God's freedom. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and today we're continuing the conversation we began in last week's episode, where we look at some practical ways in which we can build a courageous faith, ways we can actively, intentionally, and progressively grab hold of the joy, the peace, and the freedom that Christ promised, knowing he doesn't want us to live anxious and afraid, therefore believing that he indeed came to our messy, uncertain, and often chaotic world to set captives free. And so we can trust that he will guide us as to how to grab hold of that freedom. Well, today I've invited Holy Love's Carol McCracken to join us and to share insights she's gained while attempting to navigate challenging and unexpected circumstances with Jesus. Carol, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. So Carol McCracken is a fun-loving wedding planner, a speaker, a Bible teacher, and an author who loves inspiring women to experience Christ through Scripture. Her authentic challenges faced while journeying through alcoholism, which you're actually going to hear about that in an upcoming episode. So make sure to to watch for that through her journey through alcoholism, raising a child with special needs and through divorce, equip her to teach, to entertain and to encourage you with grace, which is what I love about her. Carol's been a Bible teacher for 20 years and served on church staff and in women's ministry for three decades. She currently serves as the Minister of Discipleship at her home church. Carol is a Christian communicator in many, many different forums, large and small, and especially enjoys teaching at women's retreats. So ministry leaders and event planners, if you're looking to book a dynamic, grace-based, biblically grounded speaker for your next event, visit Holy Love's website. We'll put that in the show notes. 
To learn more about Carol and other members of our speaking team, we would love to help your people grow in faith and break free from fear. Well, I am approaching this conversation as someone who does battle obsessive compulsive disorder, which is an anxiety disorder that can become it, it, it can be intense. And I want to begin by saying I do believe that freedom is possible. I believe Jesus meant it when he said that he came to give us vibrant, overflowing life. And you know, I, I'm thinking in particular of the passage from Luke chapter four. So this is early in Christ's ministry where he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And when you hear that passage, does anything like what stands out most to you, Carol, when you hear that passage or some similar? There, there's a lot in that passage. And I love particularly when favor is mentioned, the Lord's favor. A lot of times I have friends that sincerely believe that the Lord's favor is a granting of something like riches, like earthly riches, like the more money that you make, that's God's favor. Or you get a beautiful new car or you have the latest designer purse. And that's like the reward. That's your riches. And to me, it is something completely different. God's favor is that you will have an abundant life, a spiritual life, a life that is designed primarily on what God designed to accomplish through his kingdom. It's it, two entirely different things. The Lord's favor is that you are his. The Lord's favor is that you get to walk with him. So I see it a little bit differently than the so-called prosperity gospel, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's just good to remember, too, because for two reasons, when for those of us who struggle with anxiety or depression or other mental health challenges, it's easy to assume that God is upset with us. Right. And that maybe he's, mm -hmm. he's or that, that he's a harsher punishing God. And so this verse just reminds me, no, God's heart is turned towards us. And then it also reminded me. So obviously, I always love anytime I hear about God wanting our freedom which I always interpret to mean our spiritual and emotional freedom. And then spiritual sight is sight to the blind. And there's comfort in that knowing that he gives us this insight into our world, into our day, into even into our reactions that help move us towards that increased freedom. And really, I loved what you mentioned about just the relationship, God's favor being part of our relationship with him. We are his children whom he invites to spend time with him. That's it. He wants to walk with us. Can you imagine that? What other God does that? No other God. He takes pleasure in us and it's abundant if he's in our life. Trust me on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just to think of the, the all-powerful all-knowing creator of the universe being with us. I, I often think of Psalm 139. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, but I would encourage listeners to go check it out and just kind of look through reading that passage through the lens of God's presence with you in your hard day, when you're up in the middle of the night and you're battling anxiety and you can't sleep, when you're worried about your kids, when you're about to about to speak to your boss, whatever is going on when you're moving to a new area, knowing that God, there's a portion of that passage it talks about him hemming us 
in. And I just think of this protective embrace where God just kind of puts his love and he hems me in, in his love. And I think Jesus provided a really great example of what it looks like to find courage and strength and peace in the presence of God. Beautiful. I love that psalm. I think Jesus provided a really good example being so he he was fully God, fully human, and he came to earth. And so we know that he he felt everything that we feel. And in that, in his humanity, he demonstrated really what it looks like to find peace through the presence of God in really challenging circumstances. Sure. You said that Jesus was fully man and he was fully divine. So how did he accomplish what he did? How did he have the energy to deal with all the people that came to him? And in the end, all the persecution that was directed towards him. He went in solitude much of the time and he spoke to his father. And in Luke 22, 42, this is one of those examples. Jesus, even in the garden, he was in the garden. He knew what was coming by this time. He knew that he was headed towards Jerusalem headed towards being the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. He was crucified. He prayed to his father then, and he was upset and he needed to be comforted because he knew what was coming. And he said, God, father, if it is your will, could this cup pass from me? Meaning, hey, do we have to do this? I'd love (laughs) it if we have to do this, (laughs) but your will be done. And so he obediently went through the fear. It says he sweated like blood and his loving father sent an angel to minister to him, to get him through, to walk through that hard stuff. So it just gives me comfort that even Jesus as man prayed to the father who took care of him. He was never out of reach in that case. We can do the same. He's with us. Yeah, just turning to God when we're like, when we're really anxious. I love that. And, and I also think of, I've been just lately, I have been fascinated with Acts chapter three and four. So I've been there for actually probably since last spring for quite a while. And I, I, I'm especially fascinated with when I think about Peter. So for those of you who are maybe not, not familiar with scripture, Peter was one of Jesus's disciples. And, and Carol, do you remember? So you talked about the garden. So that was the night before Jesus died, right before he was about to be arrested. And shortly after that, Peter, the one who's like, Hey, I'm gonna, he, he had, previously told Jesus, I am going to die with you. Like, I I love you so much. I'm so loyal. I'm going to die with you. And that wasn't exactly how he responded the night before Jesus died, was it? No. In actuality, he denied him three times, three times, not once, but three times. Because he was scared. Yes. Fear would do that. Yeah. And, and understand, I mean, I would, I would be scared too, but that's why I find this passage in Acts so fascinating. So this is after Jesus's death and resurrection, after the disciples had been given the Holy Spirit, which they didn't have prior to this. And he and another disciple named John, they're, they're teaching everybody about Jesus. They're proclaiming him as the Messiah who died and rose from the dead and who, in whom they can find salvation. And this made the religious leaders kind of that a little bit nervous. <laughs> and, yeah. and so they, they placed Peter and John in jail and then they brought them out and they questioned them the next day. And what, what, as I was kind of reading through this passage, it stood out to me how Peter stood. It was almost like his do over moment. He stood in front of the very same religious leaders who had condemned Jesus to death and whom 
had evoked such terror in him previously. And yet that is in this instance, you know, we see him and I'm, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase in the passage that follows. He pretty much I'm mean, like, he's kind of like in their face. He's like, hey, y'all, you 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 crucified the Messiah that you rejected him and you crucified. him. So I mean, there that, that took some 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 courage and he received that courage because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. How are you bold on your own? Sometimes we can mess that up, but if we are bold in the Holy Spirit, sometimes things turn out so much better than we could have done ourselves. You know, sometimes I have to be up on the platform at my church and it's kind of like, I get a little bit nervous because I don't know what I'm going to say in front of all these people, but I can remember somebody, a mentor of mine said, listen, if you go to the Lord and you pray and you ask for what he wants you to say, he will boldly give you the words to say what needs to be said. And you know what? That's never let me down. If I remember I'm not the one doing the talking, I can be bold in Christ because I know that that is truth. And I think to a much smaller degree, of course, that that's what I did was somewhat like what Peter did. At that point, he knew to turn to. He didn't run away from fear this time. He had the Holy Spirit this time doing the talking for him. Again, he did not run away. He was able to be bold in his convictions because he knew what the truth was this time. He was empowered not by himself, but by the Holy Spirit. And he had the courage to be free in his speech. Yeah, and I I love what Acts 4.13 says when... And this is what scripture says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And so kind of to your point, the Holy Spirit gives us courage and allows us to do things that we otherwise couldn't do. And I think also, you know, kind of talking about receiving his guidance for when we speak. And sometimes I think what trips me up with that is. I will be like, okay, I need to say something now and you're not giving me what I need to say now. And so I assume, I assume that he hasn't answered that prayer when I'm learning, he just hasn't answered it yet. And if he hasn't answered it yet, that means I don't need to speak yet. And that can be really hard, especially so like if we're in a relational challenge, right? And we're, we're seeking, like, we feel like we have to, maybe we have kids, maybe we have some teenagers that are just behaving in ways that really concern us. And we feel like, or or maybe they're in a a pretty deep depression or they're battling anxiety or or our husband. I mean, there's so many things can go on and we feel like we have to answer right now because we don't like to see our loved ones struggle. And we don't like most of us don't, you know, the uncertainty. I mean, there's just so many reasons and we can think if we don't solve it right now, it's not going to be solved or it's going to get worse. And I'm learning when God doesn't, give me the words to speak in that moment, it's usually an indication I need to be quiet and he is working something out behind the scenes or, and, and maybe even within me and changing my perspective. And then when it is time to speak, he will give me the words. 
That's true. I've done that before. And haven't you regretted it sometimes saying something that was not meant to be said? It does more harm than good sometimes when your your true intention is just to comfort. But maybe you're not the one to be doing the comforting at that time. Because I don't know about you, but I I can feel that nudge when the Lord is giving me the words to say what needs to be said. And I think some of us, you can become more attuned to the Lord's voice if you listen for it. And I find that comforting too, because you just, there's, you know, a little bit of that boldness that you know in that moment. You're not just guessing what you're trying to tell that other person, or you're not reacting in anger and saying something that you can't take back. Absolutely. And I, I, that kind of points us back to the presence of God again, right? Like we, we learn to recognize his voice and, and we become more sensitive to his leading through obedience. I love that you pointed that out with Jesus. I think obedience is a huge, a very important piece, but then also just as we cultivate this relationship with him. And I think we know this intellectually, right? Like, or we might know this intellectually. You might say, okay, I, I understand. Like if I want the wisdom of God, I need to spend time with God, but Yet sometimes when I look at my own day today, I live as if I don't really believe that's true. Absolutely. I do the same thing. It, you're checking off items on your to-do list just to get to the end of your day. I sometimes feel accomplished that I've gotten that done. <laughs> but was that really what God wanted me to get done in that time? Instead of listening to his voice, whose voice was I listening to as I'm tromping through crossing off all of those things? And I, I think that can really reveal whether we believe Jesus really wants to give us that vibrant life that we talked about. Or if we think, OK, no, Lord, you're going to call me to do this to leave what I think is going to give me vibrant life. It's like we we even though we might say, OK, we believe he's good and loving and kind and and wants our freedom and our, our spiritual vitality. But every time there's a nudge in my spirit, like every time I, I am resistant to his leading, I have to kind of check myself and say, OK, so where am I really putting my faith for my fulfillment? Is it in this career or this human relationship or this accomplishment? Or do I really believe what Jesus said is true? So that's just something that helps me to kind of to continually check my spirit. That's good. It, it, it's resting in Jesus sometimes because I can remember when I worked at the bank and the whole thing was, I need to get ahead. I need to get ahead. Here's my goal. I need to get ahead. And I was miserable. You know, it was just one of those things. I was tired all the time. I needed to feel essential. And I didn't have a sense of fulfillment in that. I, God never gave me peace for that. But yet I was trying to work for the security of getting ahead to have that paycheck. And you know what? I'm, I work in the church now, and I'm also a wedding planner. But when I work in the church, you're not going to get a high dollar amount working in the church a lot. And the Lord had to work. I've never been more content in my life because I heard a different voice. And I really feel like I'm doing what God wants me to do now. So, you know, God can guide even your, your schedule, your job in your career, if you listen. And the issue was, I wasn't listening to the right voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think part of kind of helping us discern that voice too, is learning to recognize God's voice, not just through our experience in him with him, but recognizing the more we know of his character too. Right. And so, and we get to know his character by watching him move in our lives, but also by what we read in scripture. Definitely. 
that that's like a love letter to us. That teaches us who he is, the attributes of God and how he shows up time and time again, even when we do not deserve it. it. It's good to know scripture. I think that can help check your spirit too, because when you're distracted, like I was, it will show you what what God thinks, what God cares about, what's important spiritually, rather than going through that daily grind. It, it's something to have the living word in you or a Bible near you so you can look up something and get God's perspective on it. Kind of having a relationship, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really helpful to lately. I have been working really hard on actually memorizing scripture because I've noticed there have been times when my anxiety pops up and I don't have a Bible handy or usually like it's it's late at night and I would want to turn on the light and flip through my Bible and wake my husband up. And that's not going to be a very peaceful <laughs> experience. So but just <laughs> noticing how the more I am intentional to memorize scripture, I'm going to tell you a goofy way that I do it. So I have little note cards oh. all over my house. Well, sticky notes. And so I have one on my my mirror in the bathroom. I have one on the floor when I walk out of my bedroom. I have one on the counter when I go to prepare food. I have one. It's all the same verse. And then it's on the microwave. And when I read it, so I pause and I make a point to speak it out loud. And I I have noticed such such increased peace doing that. And it start my husband's like, don't you, haven't you memorized that yet? No, I'm kind of, I, I don't memorize well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can paraphrase it in my head when I need it more than, than I could prior. And it's just that constant reminder throughout the day of God's presence. It's seeking peace through his presence. It kind of quiets me down and it helps to also shift my thinking off of whatever, you know, my faulty perception or whatever the problem is in front of me. And it shifts back to what I know to be true about God. That's a good, that's, that's a nice weapon sometimes too, because, you know, fear's going to come. Anxiety is going to come. It's what is it that we do with it? If, if we've got the weapons, for lack of a better term, like you were just talking about, you're preparing yourself so that if something does happen, a particularly anxious moment, for example, you you're equipped. You've got that foundation. If you can't get to your Bible, it's in you, the living word. So I think that's a great technique. I think I'm going to try that. <laughs> your dogs might eat up your, your sticky notes. So just be careful. And very, very true. <laughs> but then they'll be getting the word of God in them. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, this is not something that happens overnight. I think that it is to be transformed takes time. It takes time. Transformation. It, it takes a while to get something from your head to your heart sometimes. Have you ever had that be true? Yeah. Or even the wrong things out of my head and the right things into my head. Like that's a big part of, of my battle too. Sure. That makes, I think we all go through that a lot. You know, perspective's just hard sometimes. And I think though, if you keep just moving forward, we can be a mess, but God still loves us and he's going to continue to pursue us because we are his unique creation. And he wants us getting back to that point. He wants us to have an abundant life, but we live in a sin-filled world. Therefore, we make decisions. I know I have made many bad decisions 
but God loves me enough to pursue me and get me back on track. And it's much more peaceful when I do that. It takes you a long time to become a mess, if you will. Therefore, it takes a little bit of time to transform as a result. If you are stuck in negative thinking, don't beat yourself up. Just take that right next step. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, oh, I feel a little bit better or I handled that just a little bit differently. But just I think if you recognize and give yourself a break, that mind transformation thing that you're talking about, give yourself a break. It takes time. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking about how, you know, we can be a mess and still be, you know, God is still with us and still pursues us and still loves us. And he actually spoke that to me during one particular, it was a really painful season. And I was just really wrestling with some people had said some things that were hurtful to me that revealed, I mean, and they weren't like hugely false things, but things that had revealed brokenness within me. And and I was kind of stuck in that. It's so easy for us to get stuck in shame, right? And guilt and condemnation and, and thinking that, that we're worse than everybody else in the world. <laughs> and, and, and that's not helpful. And I was, I was just, you know, I'm just sharing my emotions. I'm, I'm driving and I'm praying and I'm telling God how I feel. And I just, I sensed so strongly him saying, yes, you are, you are broken, but you are pursuing me. And that is enough. And I felt his presence and his pleasure so strong. And this is what, what seems kind of ironic, right? Like he's like, I have pleasure. You are broken. But it wasn't like that. It was that whenever we are pursuing him from wherever we came from, that is enough. To him, that is enough. I think it's important to remember that. I think that's great. Uh, you know, you're going towards him, not away from him. Fear kind of trips us up sometimes. I act stupid with fear sometimes. I really do. Like I can save myself. And the next thing you know, I'm running away from him. Like like that can save me when all you have to do is turn towards him. Like you're saying, you know, look in the direction of Jesus. He was pleased with you because you turned towards him and there. His loving arms were open towards you, whether you knew it or not. He longs for you to be in his presence and to hug you and to transform you. There's the benefit. You don't have to do it all yourself. If you just turn in that right direction, he's there. Speaking of either turning towards him or away from him, I think we see a contrast in that between Moses, the ancient Israelite who God commanded to rescue his people from 400 years of slavery to those people that God or that Moses well, and God was was leading like in their like how they responded to stressors and to fear and, and to conflict. I think we see such a, a huge example, both of the turning or running and then the end result of both. What you say is so important back in back way back in the Old Testament. Think about the Israelites in Mount Sinai. The Israelites were God's people and he was teaching them how to live with him, how to interact with him, how to live and interact with each other. And so he was giving them the this code of how to do this or this this law, for lack of a better term. But it was kind of scary because the people had never interacted with God before. And so it was kind of scary. And there was thunder. There was lightning. These people were scared. And so 
they didn't want to go to God because they didn't see loving arms open for them to run into. He was a holy God. And so they wanted to run away. They didn't want to come forward. They didn't want to do anything but say, Moses, you be our mediator. You handle God for us because he's really, really scary. It's the beginning of a relationship. How do you handle this relationship? You are either comfortable running securely into someone's arms or you're scared and you run away. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that makes all the difference in the world, especially since we have talked so much about experiencing peace through the presence of God is really how we navigate through our our challenging circumstances. It really is all dependent. Do we turn away from God? If we turn away from God, we're turning to ourselves or we're turning to someone else or we're turning to something. And, and none of those things can actually save us. Or we are turning to the one who has all power, all love, who's promised us freedom and who surrounds us with his grace. That's a perfect way of putting it. Well, hopefully we gave you guys some things to think about and some more steps in your freedom journey. If I was to just kind of paraphrase what we talked about today is we find peace in God's presence and he changes our perspective. Transformation takes time and The goal is to run towards him, not away from him when we are afraid. Well, Carol, thank you so much for joining us today. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to rate it. That helps others to find it and it encourages our team as well. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.